Man, it's been an amazing, amazing morning already. Uh, but we're not done. We have an opportunity to stop and, and open God's word, have a conversation with him, and continue to follow what he says about this idea of faith, what it looks forward in our lives. Um, if you go ahead and open your Bibles, if you would, to, to uh, Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, we'll be starting verse 21 in a few minutes. Matthew 14, verse 21. You can grab, if you grab the Bible on the way in, you'll find it on page 668. Actually, we're starting verse 22, 688 from the Bibles in the back. Um, you know, over the past week, we've been digging into our lives and looking our lives through the lens of Scripture, pointing to an awesome God and figuring out what it truly means to live by faith. You know, faith is in every, every day part of our lives. It's part of everything we do. But something changes with faith when it's fueled by a mighty God. Something changes with faith when it's fueled by a mighty God. We look through the lens of Scripture. We see how powerful he is. He has the ability to radically change our lives if we let him do it. And faith, when it's lined through what God says it truly is, can lead us, you and I, into directions where we never thought possible in life. You know, we started out this series with this idea of baby faith, right? That means we're taking God at his word. We're simply opening up this book and reading it. And if God says it, we can believe it, right? If God says it, we can believe it. That we go through life depending on him, trusting in him, going to him and asking him for only what is possible for him to do. That's baby faith. That's you and I taking our first steps, taking God at his word. And last week, we moved a little bit forward. We're going to this thing called maybe faith. Maybe faith. Maybe, maybe God to what's proven to be God, right? We understand this possibility maybe opens the door of chance that God, could be, God can be and wanting to work in our lives. We just need to be open to that. That it may be God, not just what like I said last week, that maybe not be the tacos we ate last night for dinner, right? It could truly be God working in our lives lives, asking us to surrender to something more that he has for us. And maybe faith tips the scale in life, right? It goes from 50 to 51%, and that 1% could be a catalyst for what God wants to do. That we're like, okay, what are we going to do? Ah, and then we just keep on going, and we're going, and it spreads like wildfire as we continue to follow God into the life that he's calling us to live. But what happens at this point for you and I is pretty natural. You and I start living life by faith. We're like, okay, I'm at 51%, baby. I can do it. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And what happens when we start following God this way, we hit some resistance in life. We hit some, we hit some resistance. We hit some wall. We hit some trials. We hit some storms in life. You know, we walk through life. We're kind of moving in faith. We're crazy excited. We're crazy nervous. And then we hit some resistance and something starts to change. Because we think, you know, as we do this, this is a big step for us. And we talk about maybe faith and God calling us and living at 51%. And we feel like we've stepped out like Moses. We feel like we stepped out like Moses where he brought over a million people out of captivity into freedom. They were captivity in Egypt as slaves. And he, and he brought them out. And he's like, let's go, everybody, let's go. And this huge train of a million people going out. And they're going into freedom. And only to bring them to the shoreline of what seemed like an impossible, incrossable sea. 
Well, that's how some, sometimes it feels when you and I are stepping out in this faith journey with God. We're like, yes, yes, oh, no. And I, remember, I can remember reading back where they said, Moses, did you just bring us out of Egypt so we can die right here? Because if you look back, we got this raging Pharaoh and his mighty army coming. We're all going to die. They hit a wall. They stepped out in faith and followed Moses, and the resistance came. That's what happens to you and I. It happens to you and I every single time. We wonder, okay, God, I, 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 I'm doing this. I'm stepping out and following you, Lord. But what, did you just leave us out here? I mean, were you even really in it? And what happens when we get to that point, our scales start flipping the other direction. We're back at 50, we're back at 49, 38, 27. And next thing we know, we're turning our back on God. We're not doing what he's called asked us to do. We're going in the other direction. We're riddled and filled by fear. And he's like, God, you just left me alone to deal with what's in front of me. So what do we do? What do you and I do when this happens? When we step out in faith to follow God's calling in life and we hit resistance, what do we do? Let me tell you what most people do. They quit. They quit. They hit the first sign of resistance and like, yo, I'm done. They hit the first storm in life of truly following God. They're like, eh, it's waters I don't want to go into. They're getting called out and something happens. Oh, that's a sign from God that I shouldn't go do that. We quit. Because adversity in our lives has always been seen as something we surrender to, not overcome through the power of Jesus Christ. When adversity comes, we're like, ah, Jesus, come on. Let's do this. So that's where we're going this morning. We're going to have a conversation about wavy faith. That when adversity hits our life, when trials meet us, when we step into storm, we, we don't just fall or go away or shy away. We stand, give up, we dig in. Why? Because wavy faith is believing God in enough to follow him beyond what seems reasonable. When a storm's come and hits you in the face, you're like, okay, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense, but I'm still going to move forward. That is wavy faith. I mean, come on. If Ephesians 2, uh, 3 uh, verse 20 says this, that now to him, God, who is able to do immensely more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is working within us, it would make sense. If God can do more than we can think or imagine, it makes sense that when he's calling you and I out, when he's saying, follow me, when he says, I've got a plan for you, that means he sees farther than you and I. He sees the end of you and I. He has a plan for you and I. And his plan is perfect. So don't stop. Don't let the storm be a stumble block you're not following where I'm calling. So we stand our ground. We don't lose our ground. In fact, when the resistance come in, we're following in faith, this faith journey hits, we continue to take steps forward. That's wavy faith. And as followers of Jesus, if we're in this room and we've said yes to Jesus Christ, I'm a follower, 
That's kind of faith that we need because if we don't have that wavy faith, we'll never get the crazy faith because every time trials will come in, we'll always shrink back, we'll always turn around, we'll always go the way, we'll never fully live out the life that God has for you. So this morning, we're going to stepping into a passage of scripture, which is probably one of my favorite passages in, in the Bible. When we step in this morning, we're going to be seeing G, how Jesus just finished pulling off a miracle, right? He had over 5,000 people with him, over 5,000. It says 5,000 men plus women and children were there. And he fed them all with five loaves of bread and, and two fish. And, he, and what happened after he fed all these people, like, I can't believe this all happened. He sent his disciples out to pick up the leftovers. And so they went and picked up the leftovers, and they started pulling them out, and they put on these little Lunchables for later, right? They put them in little baskets. We're going to take them. Parents, you know what Lunchables are. And then Jesus sent them in a boat across the sea where he decided to stay and spend time talking to the Father. So if you have your Bibles open, you can follow on the screen at verse 22 of chapter 14 in Matthew. It says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, there was a huge crowd, there was over 5,000 people. After he dismissed them, he went on the mountainside by himself to pray. Let's just stop right there. If you were to read through the Gospels, the Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we would often see Jesus go spend time in prayer, go talk to the Father. It was a foundational part of his walk here on earth. It was a foundational part of his life. Going to the Father to prepare himself spiritually for what he was about to do naturally that couldn't be done otherwise. Because what we're going to see is we're going to see Jesus was going spiritually preparing to stand where people would be, would naturally drown. Continue reading at verse 23. It says, later that night, he was, while he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Let's stop there again. These are experienced fishermen who are in the boats. They're not new to storms on the sea. They understood what it was like. And what they were doing is facing impossible headwinds of a very angry sea. And if you go back and to look in the book of Mark, Mark's version of writing about this, how he was told and shared with this, it says that Jesus said he saw his disciples straining at the oars. So it wasn't just like, oh, there's some winds and you got to roll a little bit harder. I mean, these guys were working overtime and going almost nowhere. They were far beyond their own strength, and they're far beyond their own capability to get to the other side. So, so I read things like this. When you read the scripture, friends, be curious. Ask questions. down, Dig in and see what God may be saying. Because when I read these things, I have to ask why. Why would Jesus send them into this situation? Why would Jesus say, okay, fellas, get all in a boat and head on your way and I'll catch up later on? I mean, he told him them to go. So they went. And now they're facing, when from them face to face in front of them, there was in a way where they were supposed to be, right? He said, go, go to the other side. And now they're facing the situation. Jesus sent them into the storm. 
What? Why would he do that? What if it was a setup? What if Jesus was setting the stage for one of the greatest opportunities for faith of the men who are in the boat? What if he was setting the stage as he pulled off one of the greatest miracles in history? What if when it comes to wavy faith, you and I following Jesus, we walk this storm, maybe setting the scene for the greatest storm is setting the scene for your greatest breakthrough in your faith journey with Jesus. Right, so when we step out in faith, we're following Jesus, we're saying, okay, I'm all in, I'm gonna go with him. What if that scene that you're walking in through, that storm that you're facing right now, is God is setting the stage for you in the greatest breakthrough in your journey with Jesus? We don't look at it like that, do we? We don't look at what's in front of us, the trial that we're in, the storm in front of us. We don't think that, that God may be ready to do something amazing in our life. We think, we're like, oh no, why is it happening? Why isn't God loving me? It doesn't seem if God is in it anymore. What if he's just setting the stage? for the greatest breakthrough in your faith journey with him that you'll ever experience in life. What if the job in you're in right now that has you completely frustrated, right, is a storm of purpose for you, storm of purpose, setting the stage that leads you to one of the greatest breakthroughs in faith that you've ever experienced? What if it's that job? Maybe God is doing something Maybe as you look at these trials, maybe, maybe you wouldn't have made the move if it didn't get so bad in life. It wouldn't get so rough. Maybe you wouldn't have made the move where God wants you to be at the end. Maybe you wouldn't have broken up with that person who was very unhealthy for you in life if you didn't happen to see their search history or who they're calling, who they're texting. Maybe that storm, you're like, I can't believe they turned their back on me, but maybe God uses that does it get you out of a relationship that's only going backwards? Maybe you didn't get that promotion because God wanted you to do that faith journey to run to actually spend time and invest in your children. Invest Jesus into your children. Because that promotion would have cost you more hours, more time. Your marriage would have been failing and your kids would have been growing up without a dad or a mom because you're so busy. Maybe. You didn't get it. That storm like, I can't believe I've been here for forever. Why did I get a promotion? Well, maybe God's got a plan. Maybe you wouldn't have studied the next chapter in life if you didn't just go. See, maybe the storm, whatever it is, is and always will be the only thing that can pull you out and put you where God wants you to be next. Just maybe. You don't have, to, if you don't believe, let me just say, if you don't believe that God is working in all things, let me just say this again. If you don't believe that God is working all things for the good of those who love him according to his purposes, then you'll never be able to understand why there's reasons for storms in your life. You'll never understand it. 
You will always become overcome by fear. You will always be driven back by doubt, doubting him, questioning him if he truly there, if he truly loves. But that's a very hard verse for us to understand that God works all these things out. And sometimes people say it in the most inappropriate times in our lives. But it's true. Baby faith that God says that we can believe it. There's a purpose for the storms. Verse 25, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And he, they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately, I love this, immediately Jesus was present. He said to him, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Confirmation, friends. Again, do not let fear win. Confirmation that the Lord is near. Confirmation not to be afraid when storms of life hit. Confirmation in the midst of them we're called to be people of faith. Confirmation that we're never going through anything alone, that God is always present. And then Peter replied, Lord, Lord, if, if it's you, tell me to come on the water to you, come to you on the water. Tell me, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come. Come on, tell me that's not maybe faith. If it's you, God, if it's truly, I'm open up, let's just do it. This is just living out at its best. If it's you, maybe it's you, Lord, call me out. Peter, living at 51%. Maybe it's truly Jesus out there, right? You said it was you, you said you're out there, and I look at you and said, not be afraid. Maybe I'm actually believing it. Then call me out. I'm looking at you. I want to believe it's you. I want to come to you. So now I'm going to ask you something absolutely crazy. God, give me the instruction. Tell me what to do. Tell me to come to you. Give me the strength to trust you. Give me the faith to believe that it's absolutely possible. And then Jesus replies with one word. Come. Come. <laughs> and then it goes on and says, and Peter, Peter, this is what flows my mind. Peter got down out of the boat. They're in the middle of the lake, friends. He got down out of the boat and walked on water and came towards Jesus. If this doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what will. I want anybody who can think they can walk in water, walk right across this baptism water right now. Come on, somebody do it. That's insane, right? Peter got out of the boat and walked on water with his God. His faith, his wavy faith allowed him to step out of the boat and do something that seemed absolutely beyond reason. It makes sense. It's possible. But with God, anything is possible. Something new. Something that has never been done before. Except for by Jesus as he walked up. See, that's kind of like our wavy faith. It believes that in the middle of the trial, middle of the resistance, middle of the storm... I mean, what you and I are facing, that God can do something new through me, right? That God can continue to do something new for me. See, God doesn't change. 
He's the same today as he was yesterday and be the same tomorrow. But what he can do is beyond our understanding, so it can be new in our lives. And if we open up this book and we actually spend time reading it, we'll see over and 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 over stories of real life people where he did just that. No one, no one goes into a den full of lions and comes out without a scratch. No one. Except for God sent Daniel into the storm that he could do something amazing that has never been done before. People don't walk into a raging furnaces and come out without harm or even smelling like smoke. But God sent three Hebrew boys, and if you heard the if gathering yesterday, they the lady, I think, or Bianca was her name. She called the Hebrew homies, right? In, and he did something new for them. Walls, walls just don't fall down because you go by them singing a song and blowing your stinking trumpet, right? It just doesn't happen. But God did that with Joshua and Jericho. Crazy. Seas don't part themselves. It's just so you can get on the other side to safety. But that's what God did for Moses. Women in their 90s don't have babies. And all the women in the room are like, amen. <laughs> but God did something new through Sarah. Dead men don't walk out of a tomb after being dead three days. Unless God is going to do something amazing. And as his son just walked right out, conquered death. See, we have to make a decision. We have to make a decision. You and I, when it comes to our faith journey, when we hit these resistance, when we hit these walls, we hit these storms, we can choose to stay in the boat. This is where it's safe. Or we can get out in the water and walk with our God trusting that he can do something new and amazing through you. You have to decide what's, if you're going to do that or not. I can't do that for you. It's your faith journey, not mine. That's wavy faith. And when you do, guess what, friends? There's going to be some more resistance. You're going to hit it. It's, just, it's always going to come. Look, so what do we do next? It says, look at verse 30. It says, but when he saw the wind, he, okay, he was out of the boat, he was walking to Jesus, he was walking on water, it was an absolute miracle, and then he saw the wind. And then he was afraid, and he began to sink. He cried out, Lord, Lord, save me. And again, that word immediately, immediately, Jesus was there. He reached out his hand, and he caught him. He says, you a little faith, why do you doubt? Jesus just, Peter just had his one amazing moment with the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And as soon as the next wave hit, he took his eyes off him. And he put it on his circumstance. He was looking at what was crashing at him versus the one who can overcome that. And that's exactly what you and I do. We're like, yes, I did it. Here I go. I got out of the boat. Whack, there comes another one. Whoa, maybe I want to get back in the boat. There's so much safe. Row, 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 row. When it comes, 
Keep on pushing forward. Why? Because Jesus is always there. He's always got his hand out. He'll always pull you up. He is always present in your life. And it said when he, they climbed at verse 32, then they climbed into the boat and the wind died down. And those who were in the boat worshipped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. Now, this is all the disciples. This is everybody in the boat. Peter witnessed it, but they're all in the boat. And they witnessed something absolutely amazing. And that leads to the final point of this morning. When your exposure, when you have exposure to wavy faith, it will ruin your excuses. Come on, we all have excuses. Some of us have excuses why we didn't want to come to church this morning. We all have excuses because when we think it's tough, they get even more prevalent and more easier to come out of our mouths. But when we are exposed to this wavy faith, if we've experienced it for ourselves, we've seen it other people, it will ruin our excuses. I really want to say execute our excuses, but it seems too volatile. You don't say execute in church. It means people are dying. Kill your excuses. Crush them. Why? Because you know what God wants to do. I mean, look around. let's step back and look about what down that day. Peter wasn't the only one in the boat. Again, it was filled with the other 11 disciples, people who believed in Jesus, people who followed Jesus, and a few of them God used to pen his word. Peter, John, and Matthew, they were in the boat. Yet Peter was the only one who got out of the boat. He was the only one who asked But what God was doing was showing his lordship wasn't just for Peter. It was for all of them, and it's for every single one of us in this room. The problem that we face in life when it comes to storms in life, the word come doesn't resonate. The word invitation to come is not enough. We hear Jesus calling us, come, step out in faith. Step through that resistance, but it's not enough for us to believe and have that faith actually he's going to do what he says he's going to do. You think promises to work in the lives of people don't apply to you. You feel like the big moments of faith are for those, you know, those for the pastors, the people who have been following Jesus for a deeper and longer time. He doesn't want to really do big things in my life, but why would he want to use me? So that word come is not enough for us. We don't listen. We step back. And right now, you are still sitting in the boat. And Jesus is calling you, say, come, take that step of faith. Hit that resistance. Come, I am right here, come. But you're sitting in the boat. You're straining at the oars, trying to get to the other side of what you're facing all by yourself, by your own strength. And it's not enough. And some of you are missing some of the greatest adventures of your life. Let me just ask you, those of you who have heard the story before, did any of those guys drown? Did Jesus let any of those that were following him go down? Then get out of the boat. Trust the Lord and Savior who gave us everything for you. Take that step of faith, even when there's resistance. 
You have the word of God. The life man of how he's called his people to live, to trust him. Filled with real life stories who did just that. Maybe in this room you've been exposed to people in your life where you've seen, oh my word, I can't believe they did that. An amazing thing, God. Maybe you watch it from the sidelines, but it's time for you to get in the game. Don't just sit there and watch God work in the lives of the people around you. Get out of the boat and let God capture your life and let him do amazing things through you. That's the journey that we, the Clarks, are on. We love this church. I love you. But God has called us to get out of the boat. He said, trust me. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be unfamiliar. You're going to be an outsider. But I'm going to be right there with you. God is calling us to a place that I've never been before. And I believe he wants to do the same for you. He wants to call you out. Call you. Maybe to himself. Maybe if you're in this room, you've never said yes to Jesus. Your boat is the safety of life in your own hands. Maybe today's the day you just give it up. The storm that you've been facing is doubt and fear that he's real. There's a heavenly father who actually loves you. Maybe God's calling you to something else in life. A new career, a new job, a new school, breaking a relationship, focusing, whatever it may be. Get out of your boat and let God do something amazing in your life because he wants to. He wants to. You just have enough, the wavy faith, the bust through it, and trust him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for Watching you work, Lord, in your church. You are one awesome God. And we can't thank you enough. Thank you fails in comparison to what you gave us through your son, Jesus Christ. God, I pray for our church. I pray for this church. May you never stop working here. May you never stop working the lives of the people who are in this room right here, right now. May they never take their eyes off you. May they, may they never just sit back and stay in the boat. May they get out and truly follow you in life. May they never become complacent or feel like safety is what they need. 
May they step in this community in an amazing way and watch you change the lives of so many others. God, the last five years has been nothing short of amazing. But I truly believe you are far from done reaching people in this community with your son's name, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name I pray. Amen.